Before we continue, one of the ways we keep all of our content for you, the listener, free of charge is our amazing sponsors, and today, Anchor is one of those sponsors. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. It's free, there's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcasts right from your phone or computer. Anchor is going to distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and everywhere podcasts are listened to, and you can even make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. What's up, all you Outpost fans? Well, guess what? Garrett is a free man. A new Kinge enters the picture. And I'm joined tonight by someone who I'm going to dub an Outpost expert. Don't go unleash your plaguelings because we have much to discuss. You're tuned in to AfterBuzz TV, the ESPN of TV talk. Now, let the buzz begin. Hello, everyone. Thank you so much for tuning into the Outpost After Show here on AfterBuzz TV. I'm Veronica Valencia, and joining me again today for her episode, we have Katie DeSavino. Hello. How are you doing? I'm great. How are you? I'm so great. Thank you so much for joining us oh again. Oh my gosh. It's a pleasure. It's a pleasure. This is so fun. <laughs> I love that you're here, and I love that you get to provide such insight, and I'm happy to get to talk and bounce ideas off of someone. <laughs> happy to fill the space. <laughs> Getting uh, Coming up in the episode, we're going to be talking about the new Kinge, the new mind control Kinge that Zed has, as well as, once again, their back and forth relationship with Trust. We're also going to be talking about Gwyn and Tobin and the Mistress's bright idea to unleash the Plaguelings, as well as Janzo still finding a Cure and Garrett. Is he really cured? Is he not? I have some feelings on that. We're also going to be choosing our scene stealer, but before we get into any of that, uh, so Catherine, I just want to tell you that I really liked this episode. It was really good. I'm just, there was, I was telling you earlier Mm -hmm. about there was so much trash issues between Talon and Zed, but for, I liked the new introduction of the Kinge. I liked getting to see more magical and fantasy type elements. I also really did like Gwyn and just, you know, I've loved her progression this entire season of how she's really trying to take, make being a royal her own and come up with the decisions that she thinks is the best, even though it's completely new to her. And the mistress, the mistress, she's, you know, we always kind of look at her as she's just always up to her own thing. She's selfish. She wants the money. But she came up with a really great idea that was very helpful for Gwyn and Tobin in this situation. Yeah. And I mean, it saved her neck a little bit, too. Yeah. I mean, she's like, well, I know I've been selling this illegal drug, but like, I have a way to make this work in our favor. I mean, that's what's so great about Eleanor is she's, Mm -hmm. she thinks on her feet, you know, she's always on her toes. She can, she can wiggle out of any situation. It's it's awesome. She's always entertaining. Yes. Yes. She is so funny. Robin Malcolm, the actress that plays her, is just so insanely talented. Mm -hmm. Any line sounds incredible (laughs) coming out of her mouth. Every line sounds so great from her. Uh, But yeah, so I already kind of we already kind of talked the last time you were here about what it's kind of like to write on the show but you know as you get a different episode you know how is it to kind of write in a different like a little bit later from the episode you already wrote so the the story right now is at a different place so how is it kind of jumping into that yeah, I mean, well, when you're breaking episodes in the room, you're you're tracking the story, even if it's not your episode that you're going to be writing. Um, all of the writers, Jason, Kynan, Jonathan, and I, um, broke every single story. So, like, you're you're involved. You know where the characters are. You know how they're progressing and where their storylines are in this moment, where they were the episode before and where they're going to be going and you know it intrinsically like mm-hmm. it's just to, to be a, a 
a good contributor in the room, you have to be able to track all of that and to be able to pitch ideas towards like, oh, I know, you know, in episode 13, we want Talon to be at this place. So mm-hmm. like, how, what are the beats that lead us up to that? Like, here's an idea, here's an idea. Um, so you're, you're constantly trading ideas back and forth, even if it's not the episode that you wrote. So, um, yeah, it's, it's great. It's, I, I feel like I got some very exciting episodes to write mm-hmm. this season, um, five, eight, and now 10, um, and they've caught our characters at like very different points in their journeys. Like episode five was the one where Garrett uh, stabs his father, and which, by the way, yeah. <laughs> I've talked about this on the show before. I had some hope at the end of episode five that maybe his dad would still be alive, and three were just kind of going to try and brainwash him as well and kind of start this army and I still had some faith on episode six but I think by now I think that theory is kind of wrong <laughs> <laughs> well there's still three more episodes left it's so true. we'll just have to see what happens uh but now to have Garrett in episode 10 with this like with this shift and you know he's off of the the medicine that they were giving him that was making him um susceptible to the brainwashing and he's sort of been detoxing and Janzo's <laughs> And Janzo's seller. Um, so he, you know, he's not on those drugs anymore. He he has seen the truth again. Um, he's been around these people that he loves. Um, so to sort of be able to to be at the beginning and the and the beginning of, you know, those arcs is like really cool. So we'll see where mm-hmm. it goes. But it was neat to sort of catch him in five and write for that and catch him in ten and write for what that looks like. Mm-hmm. And I know it's uh, pretty collaborative in the writer's yeah. room, but was there anything specifically, because you wrote this episode, so yeah. was there anything specific you really wanted to do or any risk you really wanted to take? Um, Anything you really wanted to add? <laughs> <laughs> that that wasn't in there or that well, is? Or? Well, it's, it's not so much that wasn't in there, but something that you just really were excited specifically to write or something you yeah. were like, let's try this type of storyline. I can't remember specifically for this episode because we throw around so many different ideas. If there was one that was like originated for me that I was like super gunning for, um, I was really excited about the like the plaguing plan that the mistress had. Mm-hmm. I remember like kind of breaking that in the room. One of my favorite scenes to write was when Janzo was talking to the plague the cured plaguelings and they're yeah. like kind of a couple. Like that was a really fun discovery mm-hmm. to sort of um be like, Oh yeah, they should be they should be together now. Like they've gone through they've come through a lot. Like like they've found their soulmate, you know, mm-hmm. at the end of this journey. So like that was something that I was really excited about. And um like Garrett climbing the walls of the outpost when I uh, went to the set in Serbia and I got to like actually walk it for the first time, which was when I was writing episode 10. Um, I got to like see the space and I was like, oh, Jake, Jake's a mountain. Like, I think he climbs mountains. Like, I'm pretty sure he could climb this wall. (laughs) So like I wrote like specifically to that. Like there are little things that you find, you know, in the scene work of, um, of your episode where like you have the big broad beats, you know, like, the beginning, middle, and end of the scene, like where, like why the scene is in the script, what what you're trying to do with it, um, and then as the writer in rooms, we call them writers' opportunities. Like you mm-hmm. find like the little moments that make you that make you just delighted. Like Eleanor saying, "Here's the wiggle." Like that was a line <laughs> that I wrote, and I just was like so delighted. Like I just delighted myself with it. Or just <laughs> like, like I knew I liked you. Yeah, yeah, that I, one was knew, good. Yeah, yeah, I love that line. And like it's just, and then you get to hear this amazing actress or actor say it, and you're like, oh, that was. <laughs> 
that was great. They're saying my words. <laughs> yes, it's so great. <laughs> I love how you brought up how you got to really, how you were able to get the episodes that really showed Garrett at the beginning of his transformation and kind of showed Garrett where he is now, yeah. Where he is now and coming to the, kind of snapping out of the drugs. And yeah. I actually want to go into Garrett, okay. actually. So <laughs> I can't make you happy. Let's talk about this. <laughs> well, it's, well, because uh, for everyone watching on YouTube and uh, listening on iTunes, well, the, the, for me, what I was kind of, what we were talking about before the episode was, I'm still skeptical of Garrett. And I think it's just because as a viewer, literally last episode, he was still so far gone that I didn't know just how long it could possibly take for him to completely realize how brainwashed he was and to be able sure. to feel like you know, he's safe again. But even in the last episode when he was so far gone, he stopped the guard from killing Janzo. So, like, how, yeah. you know, like, there there are bits of him that come through, you know? Mm-hmm. It's, it's, it's a process. Yeah. In that particular instance, too, I also just thought that, you know, he, he still views Janzo as a friend, in a sense. I always thought that he still kind of had held some kind of respect or emotion for some of the people in his life. Obviously, Talon and yeah. Gwen were the was were the two people he was most against because that's who he was brainwashed to dislike or to hate. Yeah, I felt like with Janzo, he was a little bit more. Oh, Janzo was my friend. I he he's not on my side, but he's not someone I want to see dead necessarily. Sure, but I think that like Janzo is serving at the behest of the queen, and like even mm-hmm. though he's imprisoned, he's like serving this false this false queen that you know Garrett has been building up. So I just I think that like there are moments where you know you can see the the Garrett that we know and love mm-hmm. um, trying to, like, peek through uh, the the brainwashing experience that he went through, the trauma that he went through. Sorry, I'm, I'm looking over my notes right now. So, he, he, yeah, he basically has the opportunity now to really kind of realize that he has been wrong because he sees the portrait of the royal family. Yeah. And I always believed... Even though he, even though I said he's been very far gone, which he was, I always believed that I think when push came to shove, he still couldn't carry out his mission against Gwen. Yeah. Uh, I remember specifically from like episode three when he was having a ro- romantic affair with Sana, mm-hmm. he was still viewing Gwen. Yeah. So I kind of always assumed it doesn't matter how far he. That was far in five. He, yeah. Was that in five? Yeah, that was five. Yeah. When oh he's kissing gosh. her and he sees Gwen. Yeah. Yeah. I remember that yeah. specifically. See? Yeah. <laughs> Whole arc. <laughs> and um, I was like, I just don't think he could ever go through with it. There's always going to be a part of him that just really knows how much he cared about her and how much he trusted her. Yeah. So, yeah, I never think that he thought he could actually go through with it. And especially now because he's not taking, taking the, drugs the drugs anymore. He doesn't feel like he needs to take the drugs anymore. Yeah. We really got to see him realize what he's done yeah and it's devastating and i think that jake has done such an incredible job Mm -hmm. this season um with how he's been handling garrett i mean it's just i feel even when you know we were a couple episodes ago i still felt so strongly for this character it's it's a testament to to jake's acting abilities Mm -hmm. just he's crushing it yeah, and he was dealt a very difficult task, I would oh say, in gosh. terms of his character. Absolutely. Because we've been able to see many of our characters grow this season. Talon, Gwyn, Janzo, all of them. Yeah. But his character kind of went backwards in a sense that, you know, he went from, like, this this really great guy with a strong foundation, and then he became a character 
people were like, no, why not? Yeah. Like, why is he doing this? Like, just uh, disappointed, but in the good, in a good sense, yeah. because... It's drama, yeah. Yeah, because it's drama. <laughs> people don't want to see that. People want to see, like, the hero be the hero, mm-hmm. but he wasn't a hero in this sense. Mm-hmm. And that was, it was very difficult, and Jake was doing it very well. Yeah, he he's just amazing. Mm-hmm. Jake, in case you're watching, you're amazing. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so, and obviously he's free now, and... Yeah, he's going to go fight the Prime Order, and I love how he's like, "I need to go get to Talon because uh-huh. they're a really powerful team." I'm curious though if he's going to be able to, like, if he's strong enough. Because I mean, they're mm. a whole army, or if they're if he's going to be able to deceive them, or if they're going to know right away. Yeah, I mean, I think that specifically he wants to go after the people that that brainwashed him. So I don't think that he's uh, planning to like take down the entire Prime Order. I think that he has a very specific target in mm-hmm. mind. Um, but for sure, to like get into the capital and, and to do to do what he is hoping to do, he's going to need a little backup, you know. Yeah. And who, who better to back him up than Talon? I mean, Talon would be the proper person to go to, but she's dealing with her own drama. She sure is. Oh, so oh, Talon. Oh, Talon. Yeah. <laughs> As I was, Katie and I, I was kind of telling you beforehand, there's been this whole back and forth drama between Talon and Zed because they're constantly like, I can't trust you, but you need to trust me in order to do this, in order to do that. And then we come across that there's another type of kinge out there and it goes to Zed. And so an initial reaction is like, is Talon worried? Because she's still, there's still a part of her that probably feels like she can't trust him. And, of course, he's not telling her what mm-hmm. this ability is. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I think, like, um, well, she even says, like, I trusted you. I think that when this episode starts, they're they're at, finally at a place in their relationship where they do trust each other. You know, they, they each take a part of the key at the end of episode nine that we saw before, mm-hmm. right? Like, they trust each other to, like carry it it's not like i'm gonna carry it because i don't i'm gonna carry both pieces because i don't trust you it's not it's like we're in this together they they become in many ways uh like a partnership mm-hmm. um so i think that uh at the top of this episode she is she's finally gotten over those trust issues which is why uh when zed does what he does at the end of this episode it's all the more devastating for talon i mean she's been in a position time and time again where the faith that she has put in humans and black bloods alike has been just completely undercut by their actions um Garrett, Garrett and Gwen's relationship at the end of mm-hmm. season one, um, the the black blood varlic that that killed the humans that were taking care of her, um, choices that Zed is make, Reb, you know, Gwen in this season too, like commanding her to to banish Zed without letting her explain it, like her trust is constantly tested. And for Zed, I mean, he was tricked. He and his people were tricked to go through the portal. Mm-hmm. Um, so he has enormous trust issues too. Um, so it's just, you know, it's two characters that are and always going to be at odds. Yeah, And they both clearly have sides. You know, Talon has been given the opportunity to find people that she respects, people that she trusts. And so she's always been, and I've talked about this before, is that yeah. she's always been um, kind of on the side of humans because, you know, humans adopted her. They took her in and then she has her friends at the outpost. She's never been around Black Bloods and Zed has only ever been about yeah. black bloods. I personally think at the end of this episode when he he went about it the wrong way in trying to have her open the portal, but I think he just so desperately wants her to 
see the truth that yeah. that there are many different types of black bloods because she even at times still kind of thinks that he is on team Reb yeah. who were a completely other different type of like group. Yeah, I, I don't know if she necessarily thinks that he's like a full on black fist like team Reb situation but I do think that his open hatred of humans is disconcerting for her because she does have these humans that she loves like Janzo. Janzo the only person that's never broken her trust and Gwen, right? So mm-hmm. like that that scares her a little bit, um, and I think you're totally right. I think he he you know, in like a very simple way, thought that maybe this is how I can show her. Like I'll use my kin. She'll open the portal and she'll see what I'm talking about. And he wants to get his people out of there. It's a terrible, mm-hmm. scary, deadly place. Like he really, really wants to to get his people back into a world where they're safer. Um, so for him, the stakes are extremely high. Yeah. And it's just like a huge betrayal. I know she has a specific mission right now that her mindset, her goals is that she needs to find a way to help Gwen take on the Prime Order. Yeah. But I'm surprised that she she went there not necessarily willingly. Like her kinge kind of helped her get out of a bad situation. Mm-hmm. But I'm surprised that she wouldn't want to go in there and kind of maybe see, test the waters, maybe see if there are black bloods that are willing to help. I think that um, it's a tactical move. Like if she were to do that, I think that there are a lot of risks and she would be on unfamiliar territory with monsters that she's never seen before in addition to potentially violent black bloods. So... Yeah, I mean, to do that, she would need to have an ally and that could, like, help parlay with her. And it mm-hmm. doesn't seem like she has one right now. Yeah. Yeah. But, hmm, I'm curious because she is a black blood. And if she were to go in there kind of not ha- having anyone know her past, I'm wondering if she would be accepted in a sense, like when yeah. we get introduced to Zed and when she gets introduced to Reb, like they know because based on the surroundings, they know that she is involved with humans. Mm-hmm. But if, I mean, Zed might not stay quiet, but like if he were to stay quiet in theory and she were to go in kind of just, you know, yeah. a blank book or a blank chapter, I wonder if that would be helpful for her. Sure. I mean, she said in the episode, I think it was six when or seven when she comes back from the plane of ashes that it's like it's. Like she could barely breathe. It's like a, I don't. I don't think that it's a place that she wants to spend much time. Like it's the the environment itself is deadly. Like um, they've been there for hundreds of years. They found ways to adapt to to that world. But like Talon, Talon, I don't think is is eager to mm-hmm. to return <laughs> to return to that place. Yeah. Something that I found very interesting that was revealed at the end of this episode was. Almost basically the different levels of kinge. Because mm-hmm. we can see with Talon, her kinge is very aware of its host. Mm-hmm. The the host, you know, pulled her out of the bad situation in the portal. The host was not mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Right? Uh she she summoned the portal to, she did? to roll into. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So I also thought it was like the kinge in could tell the kinj, how she was feeling. Yeah, the kinj is definitely in tune with their host for sure, and that's why, like her kinj, she said, like it was. It's I can it's, feel it yeah. fighting your kinj. Like it's mm-hmm. not letting you control me. Um, so they're they're like creatures. They're aware. Yeah, yeah. But his kinj didn't do that. Like his kinj wasn't well, aware of him. Well, what do you mean? In the sense that she also kind of made the comment of like your kinj is not protecting you, but my kinj is protecting me. Well, like her, thing. like his kinj is a is a mind con- control kinj. So like 
his kinge isn't going to protect him against Talon just, like, beating the crap out of him. Like, mm-hmm. I think that it was more, like, a quip about the fact that he was getting his butt kicked by her. Like, your kinge isn't protecting you. Like, that sort oh, of a okay. thing. It's like a, it's like a, you know, like a sword fighting quip. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Okay, that makes more sense. Because I thought there, it would be kind of the introduction of to different levels of kinge. Like, some are obviously... Uh, higher up or maybe have better special abilities than other kinch, which still could be true, right? Potentially. I think that, you know, the rules that we've learned is that a kinch will not let another kinch use its power against it, no matter the host. Um, And that Talon saying, like, your kinch isn't protecting you, that was just her sort of like mocking mm-hmm. him a little bit for yeah. for getting his, his tushy kicked. <laughs> just a little bit. <laughs> And we're seeing a lot of this come to light because obviously they're still on the journey to mm-hmm. try and, you know, find a solution against the Primor. At least Talon is. Mm-hmm. Maybe Zed, I think, is just trying to get Black Bloods back into society since they have were dealt a really bad deck of cards. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, she's obviously doing all this for Gwen, who she's dealing with her own thing at this point. You know, we were talking about this earlier, how Milas, his... Uh, deal was broken with and now basically he he tried to recruit Tobin the last yeah. episode too yeah and it's a great scene it was a good scene yeah it's a good episode last episode and so you know she's trying to come up with solutions and she's just no one wants to help her which is very disappointing yeah um but I, what I would like to go into is kind of this new tactic Basically, which wasn't her idea, it was the mistress's idea of sticking <laughs> the plaguelings on on the army. And I'm glad you were actually here, Katie, because I came to you before we started this and saying I personally thought they were going to use the plaguelings as warriors the way that they were going to use the Lakiri as warriors. Mm. And I was thinking to myself, how is that possible? They're so uncontrollable. Yeah. They're so dangerous to everyone in <laughs> to the everybody. outpost. Yeah. So I was, because that's how I read the scene. Yeah. And I'm so glad you were here to basically say that that wasn't the plan. Yeah, yeah. The plan was just to break the siege. Like, they they desperately needed to get Milas's army out of the way. So, you know, they could send their own soldiers out there to fight, but then, you know, Eleanor's point is, like, we'll, like, they'll, they'll lose men and we'll lose men, and, like, the goal of this is to um, break the siege and then convince Milas's army to, like, come to the side of the outpost. So, like, the more people you kill... The like the weaker your army is going to be in, in the yeah. end, um, and so the hope is that you know we turn them plaguing, we quarantine them, and then Janzo finds a cure, cures them, and then oh my gosh, we've got a, a bunch of soldiers. Now, if that's going to be successful or not, we'll see. I mean, Janzo's having a little bit of trouble figuring yeah. figuring out uh, the cure. So I would say it's less convincing and more almost blackmail in the sense they don't really have a choice in the matter. If they want to live normally, they kind of have to go because they they're being promised a here. Yes, I mean the it's definitely not great for the people that got turned plaguing. Like I I feel I feel for them in this moment. Like <laughs> are they going to be cured or not? Uh, we'll find out. Um so it is it is a little uh taking the choice out of their hands. But the survivors of the attack, um I did, you know, Tobin said, you know, it's your choice to to stay and fight with us or to go. Um and I think that they would probably offer that a same choice to the cured Plaguelings, if that happens, mm-hmm. you know, it's it, they're not going to, like, force anybody to fight in their army. I think that Gwyn's point is, like, um, 
we serve you, you know, and and we'll help you and we will protect you if you if you join us. And if you mm-hmm. don't, that's fine. You can walk home, you know, have a nice life. Um, so I think that, you know, that would probably be their move if if they're ever able to to cure the plaguelings <laughs> that they've created <laughs> from this siege. That is a lot of pressure on Jan. It is a lot of pressure on Jan. So is he up to the challenge? He is. He always is. He knows where his strengths lie. Yeah. And I think also he would be up for any challenge because I think the more purpose he feels he serves, the further away he gets from punishment from what happened with Naya as well. <laughs> That's true. So. He's He's got, and, you know, on top of all of that, his mom, like extra stakes. He's he's like, what's he's got to find a cure, right? Like mm-hmm. his mom got bitten. What's going to happen? Their relationship to me is so interesting because she treats him like, dirt mm-hmm. uh she kind of treats all of her children like dirt and Munt, there's probably a slightly more special relationship there but he's still like a handyman uh and so it's just really interesting to see their relationship <laughs> was that that but right that was so funny it's perfect it's great <laughs> he's, he's like he does her bidding basically um, i'm gonna tell jason and kind you said that that's really funny <laughs> but with janzo like I guess it just kind of shows that paternal bond. And it happened with uh, Garrett and his dad as well. Yeah. Their relationship was really tense in season one. and But there was still always that respect of, you're my son, you're my dad. And they kind of got a better relationship towards the end. Yeah. And so I guess it's the same thing with Janzo. Is, as poorly as she treats him, as much as he's probably irritated with her, that he'll always see that as his mom. Absolutely. I mean, I think that their relationship is so interesting. In a lot of ways, Eleanor kind of, like, negs her children. Like, <laughs> yeah. like the more that she's, like, harsh and, like, cr- critical of them, like, the more they want to please her in some ways. And I think that for Eleanor, like, she's only really known tough love, you know? I I was. I love the fact that you brought that up because I was literally thinking that is it tough love, but in the sense that she is knowingly giving tough love. I think so. I mean, I think that she's like a very uh, brusque, witty woman to begin mm. with, and I think that affection is inefficient in a lot of ways. Like, why be affectionate and loving when you can like? order someone around and scare them and you'll get a much faster reaction. Like, I just don't, I don't, you know, Mm -hmm. that's way more efficient. Um, So I think that, you know, it's a little bit of that and it's a little bit that she, like, she had a very hard life growing up as a girl in the outpost, you know. She's probably not used to affection. Yeah. Because it seemed like she never got that because she was always the second in command to her sister, Mm -hmm. basically. Yeah, yeah, and left alone with their mom and just, you know, she had it kind of hard and she's, you know, made a life for herself but she's made a life for herself out of being tough and Mm -hmm. and you know thinking on her feet and being able to get out of situations and thinking first of herself and and how to handle a situation for herself um and second of the of the people around her i think janzo sometimes can bring out the best in her you know yeah it's an interesting dynamic and i think she knows that they they work they work well together Yeah, yeah yeah Now, I kind of want to get into the love triangle, specifically the love triangle of Tobin, Gwen, and Garrett. Oh, my goodness. We already kind of figured, oh, this is going to be an interesting thing when Garrett showed up on his horse uh-huh. and Gwen <laughs> left her wedding. But now, it's, but now it's even trickier because Garrett is seemingly back to his cell, himself and, 
you know, Gwen and Tobin are at an interesting place in their relationship where it does seem to be becoming more mutual and less political. Yeah. I mean, I I think that they're such a fascinating... I mean, I've been talking, like, endlessly <laughs> about them. Um, I think that they're a really fascinating couple. I think that Tobin has... Um, shown more of what his true colors are um, in a good way. Um, And I think that Gwyn in Tobin has a partner that um, respects her and her authority and her power and um, pushes her to, to be, to be a better leader. Um, So that's, that's exciting to me. Garrett would do the same thing, you know? Mm -hmm. So it's, it's just, it's an interesting dynamic. I think the thing for Gwyn that made Tobin, made her look at Tobin in a different light was his motivations Mm. in the sense that he didn't want, like he came in as a very harsh character, a character who seemed selfish, a character who was a drunk, a character who was inappropriate towards her. (laughs) Quite. Very, very actually. (laughs) But he's obviously he's changed and we've gotten to see his motivations as a character and he doesn't want, you know, necessarily power kind of like how he came across as he kind of wants a peaceful community, right? In the sense. Um, and that's kind of what she wants as well. She yeah. doesn't want to basically run the kingdom that the prime order runs. The no, she would not want to run the same kingdom. Mm-mm. I think she would, she's, you know, hoping to return to the way that her, her parents ruled, which was, um, a much safer, um, democratic place. Mm-hmm. If you can have like a democracy in a, in a, uh, kingdom. Um, but you know, the prime order stripped away nobles titles and, um, you know, are sort of like a religiously led mm-hmm. society. And I think that Gwyn wants more freedom and wants people to, uh, to go back to the way that things were. Um, yeah, and and Tobin very much supports that. He remembers what it was like when you know her family was ruling, and he was a little boy, and mm-hmm. um, so yeah, I think that he's in support of that for sure. You know what I just kind of thought of, mm-hmm. and I'm curious if maybe in the writing you thought of this too. I don't 100 percent get a sense of insecurity from Tobin. Insecurity. Not- yeah, well, the fact that Garrett is back. You know how when... Because he's known about Garrett. I mean, you don't think that, like, hand grab was, like, a little sign of insecurity there? When he was like, hmm. you know, I, I'm excited for you to come back. We have a lot in common. And then he holds Gwen's hand. I think that that's, like, a... I mean, it's, like, a power move, for yeah. sure. But that, like, you don't make a power move like that unless you're feeling super insecure. Like, you, Ooh, you're right. You want to, like... I mean, but that's, like, that's Tobin's play, right? It's, mm-hmm. like... You know, it's like I'm a like I'm a guy, you know. But he's but on the inside, like he's full of emotion and feeling and capable of uh surprising amounts of affection and um sensitivity. Um so I think that, you know, he's masquerading like, Oh, you don't threaten me, Garrett, but like he's reaching out for the person that he knows could choose someone else over him. Mm-hmm. It's kinda of sad. It is. And again, I mean, you could also counter my point here that I just thought of as well. Say, for example, Tobin wasn't in the picture. Mm -hmm. I still feel like Garrett wouldn't necessarily want to rekindle his romance with Gwen because I feel like he has a lot of repair to do for everything that happened. I think you're 100% right. I think that Garrett is uh, just getting hit with what he's done, you know? I think that... um, and he doesn't trust himself. You know, there's that scene in the bar where uh, Janta was sort of, like, 
kind of slapping him around a little bit and he grabbed Janzo's arm and he like bent it backwards as if he was going to break it at the bar and and it's like a it's a scary moment um for both of them because Janzo look are you actually cured right like that's what he's thinking and Garrett is like I don't know where this Mm -hmm. anger and this impulse came from it's almost like he wasn't fully in control again and that's a scary thing for him um so i think like you know part of him leaving the outpost part of him leaving gwyn at this point is because he's afraid to trust himself Mm -hmm. um i know that they had mentioned in the last episode that because he was taking that kind of elixir that that, elixir yeah yeah. the (laughs) kool-aid the (laughs) kool-aid as they're calling it on the internet yeah (laughs) because he was taking that so frequently and they said that just in general that type of thing can stay in your system for weeks yeah I'm wondering if there's, well, first of all, timeline-wise, would you say it's been enough time for it to fully be out of your system? I think that, you know, just from the actions that we saw in the episode, it's safe to assume that it's not fully out. Mm -hmm. I mean, yeah. yeah. And that's another thing that I'm thinking of, too, is I'm wondering, because he was so heavily dosed, if there's going to be long-lasting side effects. He's been taking it for a while, yeah. And if he's not ever going to fully feel control. It's tough to say. It's it's it is tough to say. But I mean, I hope yeah. he gets it under control. One one would hope. I cannot. This mm-hmm. is my stone face. I cannot. You cannot say anything. I you cannot, cannot reveal. I cannot say anything uh, whatsoever. Yeah, but I feel you. I feel mm-hmm. you. <laughs> yeah, I'm. I'm hoping he's. I don't know, but I, I do say that he would have long-lasting effects. Yeah, and even if it's not, you know, the effects of the the medicine that he was taking itself, I mean, he's going to have long-lasting psychological effects. I mean, oh, gosh, yeah. Yeah, what he did, you know, and, and for someone like Garrett, who is very much the knight in shining armor, to know that he's hurt um, physically Mm -hmm. and emotionally the people that he cares the most about i think that that is um that is something he's gonna have to deal with this is just kind of a prediction on my part but i really think that in the next couple of episodes garrett is really going to be fighting with his emotions a lot because i can see someone like janzo i can see gwen and i can see talon forgiving him easier than he can forgive himself. Yeah. They can clearly see that something had been done to him, but obviously Garrett lived it, and even though he knows he wasn't in his right mind, at the end of the day, he is the one who still killed his dad. He was the one who nearly killed Talon, and he is the one Mm -hmm. who had thoughts of murder towards Gwen. Gwen, yeah. 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 I mean, we'll definitely see how it plays out, but I think that that is a completely fair assumption based on everything that we know about Garrett and the kind of guy he is. Yeah. Yeah. I almost wonder if it would just tear him. I mean, I know you're not saying that. Again, a theory. I'm just almost wondering if it will tear him down enough to the point where he won't want to live at the outpost. Because, yeah, I can see his character just being completely broken by all the actions he's performed while being brainwashed. Yeah. We'll have to find out. <laughs> you got a really good, like, <laughs> like stone cold, I'm not showing you any type of emotion, giving you any kind of I'm, I'm any validating kind of your thoughts and opinions. I think they are amazing and delightful, and we will see what happens in the next three episodes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, there you go. Can you say that they're super exciting at the very least? It's going to be, the, the next three episodes are going to be very exciting. Very, very yeah. intense. Yeah, I think the fans are, are really going to enjoy what uh, mm-hmm. what's in store. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
Real quick, because we actually didn't talk about this, um, I kind of going back to Janzo and the mistress's relationship. Yes. I feel like now she values him more than ever because <laughs> he's her only hope. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's a little bit of the self preservation that she has, right? Like mm. uh, she's gonna treat him very nicely because yeah, <laughs> please. She she has no other option at <laughs> yeah. this point. Yeah. Well, like when he kills the plagueling, and she like very very like calmly but firmly, but like not meanly, is like. Don't do that to me. Like, yeah. Please don't kill your mother. She will want to be his last test subject. She will probably sure. require him to test every single plagueling that he has quarantined in the outpost before he ever gets to her. 100%. And rightfully so. I mean, I wouldn't want to be a guinea pig. Neither would I. But she's she's going to make it, I think. Because that would also be very sad if she left. It would, it would. I mean, we'll we'll have to see what happens. You mm-hmm. never know. I mean, think about all the characters that have uh, that we've said goodbye to so far this season. You just never know. On I this know. Show. It's, I have to keep reminding myself that of this show is taking risks. Like people I thought that would be bit more reoccurring characters haven't. The dread, the drug man, yeah, Withers, yeah, all just and this up episode and died. we and dread and dread. I like how you brought that up because yeah. it was it was Segway. I know I love thank you for reminding I'm me from you Veronica. Oh, thank you. <laughs> thank you for reminding me because it was just a one moment. It wasn't a huge storyline. Yeah, it line, was a small storyline. But it was yeah. a small moment, but a big moment. I'll be completely honest, I was surprised because I thought when Janzo helped Naya, I thought that was the last we were ever going to see of her. Yeah. Just because of the predicament she's in, I couldn't imagine her resurfacing. Yeah, I think that Naya showed us she has some some unexpected strength in her. That's mm-hmm. uh, it was I for me that was like one of my scene stealers. Like I thought yeah. she did such a great job with that scene, and it is like a pretty powerful moment. Mm-hmm. She's getting rid of like a like a big bad guy. She is. She got rid of the big bad guy, but it was so sad. Kind of. Her seeing the realization that she did everything for nothing. For nothing, yeah. yeah. It's heartbreaking, and she's lost literally everything. Janzo, her friends, like, the safety of the outpost, her family, like, she had nothing left to lose when she went in there to confront him. Mm-hmm. And it was always really, that whole storyline, too, uh, I know it's not necessarily on this episode, but that whole storyline, yeah. too, was very interesting because there was a high risk that her family was already out of the picture and I think that's kind of what Janzo at some point was trying to get through to her head to make her stop because she could have very well been doing that for nothing and now we have confirmation that's actually the truth yeah yeah yeah. it's I mean it's heartbreaking it really is and I think that it took Naya getting to that place where she was kicked out of the outpost and you know uh marked a traitor and and all of that stuff for her to um get the courage to do what she did. You know, she had to to become as broken as she was, I think, in order to to take someone's life. I just actually want to give a a quick shout out to OMG Justin in the chat. I think you would be interested in this theory, Katie. Uh, He is saying, I'm worried if the three find out about the Pleglings and try to get Janzo so he can weaponize it for them. Mm. I think that's always a theory, too, because that's kind of what I my head went to, is weaponizing the Pleglings, kind of making them some type of, having them be some type of army. Yeah, that's it's fascinating. I mean, we'll have to see. We'll have to see what happens. But I think that Gwyn uh, is not joking when she says that Janzo is one of the finest minds in the realm, you mm-hmm. know? and I mean, I don't think anyone thought she was joking. I think we can all agree. Yeah, he is one of the finest minds in the realm. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it's a totally legitimate theory. Yeah, we'll see what happens. You will. All right, now, now is the time that I want to go into our scene stealer. I think you already kind of gave I yours. I Like, I have another one, but you go. You go. Okay. My scene stealer for this episode was definitely the mistress. 
Uh, she came up with a brilliant plan. She showed, she like you were saying, Katie, she showed us how quick she was on her feet. And, you know, it's interesting. She gets herself into so many predicaments, but it's amazing how she always finds a way to end up on top out of all of them. She got her sister out. She find a, found a way to spin the craziness that she was doing in her <laughs> the laboratory. The yes. Calypso oh dealing. Yes. She found a way to be the advisor. Yeah. She found a way to essentially fund the outpost without anybody knowing. Uh-huh. She's a very smart cookie, and I like how she's basically <laughs> able to keep it all up, and she has this personality like, haha, you'll never find me. Yes. Although I will say, she did get a teeny bit of comeuppance by getting stung by, by, get, by getting stung by the plug like <laughs> never never soliloquize you know yeah. like like <laughs> never monologue <laughs> but at the same time she kind of knew the the stuff she was dealing was uh not good so maybe it also would have been wise if she just wasn't doing it herself <laughs> indeed indeed for sure um my other scene stealer is brogan's hat when he walks oh my into the gosh <laughs> it's just like so perfect it's just like so feathers and like was he doing that to try and be mysterious or like not make no I think like he like he just is making money he and just like, felt fancy to be fancy yeah. okay because I was wondering if he was do that doing <laughs> to that to be not be noticed and I'm like dude you're not okay. doing a good job well, that would be a classic child of the mistress move for sure mm. to like be like this is inconspicuous but no I think it's because he was feeling fancy <laughs> and I loved it. <laughs> Very good scene stealers. Yes. All th- three good scene stealers. Huzzah. Huzzah. Uh, so right before we wrap, I know you can't tell us anything, okay. but you are excited for these next three episodes. I am really, I'm really excited. Just as like a, as a fan now to, to be able to watch the last three mm-hmm. and see the storylines play out. And yeah, I think that, uh, I think the fans are really going to enjoy it. And at this point, so at episode 10 of season two, is there any also one particular storyline you've really enjoyed following or writing for? I've really, and aside from the mistress, who's just like a delight to write for, I have so loved following um, Zed and Talon. Like that's, it's been a storyline that I was really drawn to. I think that their trust issues are fascinating and they're such strong characters that are both like broken in like very special ways um and to see them together like in the last episode and this episode it's just been it's been really cool i Mm -hmm. i'm a big fan (laughs) it's been nice seeing that there are other black bloods out there as well yeah and letting talon learn a little bit more about her heritage Mm -hmm. and um and their situation now i think it's 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 interesting to me yeah it is. Yeah, sad but interesting. <laughs> I mean, I'm, I feel like it'll get happier. <laughs> <laughs> we'll find out. We'll find out. But not tonight. That <laughs> not is, tonight. That is that's it. <laughs> all, that is all the time we have here for episode ten of the Outpost. Thank you, everyone, for tuning in, and thank you again, Katie, so oh much gosh. for giving us your time here. It's always so great to have you in here because honestly, you correct me on so many things. <laughs> no, well, not like in a bad way. You just you're able to kind I, of I can open, fill in. I can fill in a little here. You and open there. my eyes to theories that I by myself would not normally see, oh, and well, I I always appreciate that. I'm so happy to be here. Thank you for having me come back on this was super fun you're always welcome yay <laughs> where can fans find you on social media uh at k vera Savino, um on twitter and instagram and i'm veronica valencia you can find me on twitter and instagram at it's me veronica underscore v again thank you all so much for joining thank you again katie thank you. and we will see you for the next episode bye guys bye
Our founder, Kevin Undergaro, and me, Maria Menunos, would like to thank you for tuning in to AfterBuzz TV. Remember, we're not just the first, we're the biggest in the world, and we're the only destination for all your favorite TV shows. Whatever you crave, we've got it. So go to AfterBuzzTV.com and check out our lineup. Buzz you later. <laughs> the views expressed herein are those of the hosts only and do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principals.